Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast. The month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and this week's episode is a two-part series about that very subject. Our guest this week is Lisa. She's a survivor of domestic violence and a graduate of the Sheepfold Ministry. Please be advised that we will be discussing sensitive subjects, and if you have little listeners, now may be a good time to put on those earbuds. Let's get started. I will say that was the most, the 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 most uh, beautiful time to know that you had the support you needed, and it was a God thing. It was a God thing. And I was starting beginning to be educated. I was like, what is abuse anyway? And and what does this look yeah. like? And then when my eyes were opened, it was like a whole new world. And that's why we're doing the Oh My Geekers on this is because it's like, who, people need to know about this, especially the church. People oh, especially, need, yes. Yes. And that, oh man, it's it's such, and it, it, it varies on so many different levels. And it, abuse, is abuse. It doesn't matter how worse, how bad it is. Abuse is abuse. It could be the tiniest little remark. We we can be abusing each other. I mean, a lot of people are like, be careful when you use the word abuse. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm okay. I mean, not right. I understand, you know, when people are arguing and they're upset and they're not abusing each other. But mm-hmm. a lot of times the Bible talks about how we speak to each other mm-hmm. and how the tongue is a fire oh, and how yeah. things can just get out of control. We can yeah. just tear each other up. But yeah. a lot of times it gets to the point where, I mean, one person can be just ripping another person up and down with their, with their words and their tongue, mm-hmm. and they are doing verbal abuse. I mean, I mean, mental abuse, more yeah. mental and verbal abuse. Yeah. And they don't even have to touch them. Mm-hmm. You can break somebody's heart. Yeah. You can break somebody's, yeah. um, you know, little spirit, you know, mm-hmm. and a child. Yeah. Or... I think we need to be educated so yeah. that if you are in uh uh, a relationship, you know, with your spouse, your, um, you know, your husband and wife, and mm-hmm. you start to see this is a toxic relationship, but yeah. I'm not, so, I'm not going so far to say that I'm, you know, that I'm going to divorce this person. I want to work it out. And you need two yeah. people to do that. I yeah. do believe yeah. they need to seek professional counseling, but yeah. they can't uh-huh. just stop there. They can't just say, well, we found a counselor because not all counselors fit each person's, you know, there needs to be two willing people. And there also needs to be a counselor that can, you know, uh, reach not just the woman, uh, but particularly and mainly the man. And I think a lot, yes. yes, mainly the man, men need to be challenged to cherish their wives. The man is solely responsible for protecting cherishing and making it possible for that woman to fall in love with him in respect yes as most christian women i know they want to respect they want to be you know they want to be loyal to their husbands they want titus two women in their lives showing them how to pray for and love and care they're not perfect no i mean they we all come from dysfunctional backgrounds but there has to be a small village to be able to um, come alongside of people and surround them. But right now, many marriages are even breaking up um, because there's two sinners getting married. And I know I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, but 
I want to <gasps> speak to, um, you know, and hopefully and prayfully people do seek the, the proper type of counseling um, and pray about that counseling because. Yeah. One thing I want to say about the counseling is uh, in, in a church is churches aren't educated, which I, I, I appreciate the fact that they love the Lord and they're educate, educated and they love God. Yeah. Yeah. Biblically. However, um, they don't know what the signs even look like. So no, when my ex and I were like, we're going to get marriage counseling and we weren't even married yet. And we were uh, living together. And so we go in, we're like, we want counseling. And they said, well, we see that you both, yes, we filled out, each of us filled out an application, like, you know, where your address and everything. Mm -hmm. And then they said, well, we see here that you're both living at the same address. Well, we cannot counsel you. And they told us that we would have to get individual counseling. However, in that, they told me that with him in the same room. And I learned that years later. And they're like, why do you want to get married? Oh, because I love him, right? Because mm -hmm. I love him, right? Why mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to get married, right? Mm -hmm. um, then, but there was no other explanation. And mm -hmm. so what, what the problem is, is if they would have pulled me into the room, because remember, you are intimidated by this person who is controlling. Mm -hmm. And if you say anything about them, they're mm -hmm. going to know about it. But if in, you're in a private session, mm -hmm. uh, then you can be more open which mm -hmm. I, I was totally open, but, and then, you know, he would have to interrogate me to get out of whatever conversation, you know, I had with that person. But mm -hmm. when we left, he's like, I don't want to go back there. So we never got the individual counseling. It's mm -hmm. as if like they were, would have to like the church or the person counseling would have to interrogate me mm -hmm. and make me feel safe mm -hmm. enough to be open enough to share. How would you get to this place? And how do you, and do you see it for what yeah. it is? So and an abuser would probably say, you know, we're too good for that. We don't need that counseling. And you're actually manipulating that person into thinking that it's okay. We don't need that. We've got it all together when yeah. that would have been another uh, onion skin peeled off for you. Your eyes open to see, whoa, it's not just you know, my family that are saying, I don't really trust this guy, um, you know, because they kind of turn you against your family, but there's outside people that are giving you a red flag. It's like God is saying like every step of the way, but at the same time, you still feel trapped because you're already going along with that person and thinking, wow, this is, this is really good. And it's just not. So yeah. And it's a lot of false promises too. It's, it's that, oh, I'm being forgiving. I was so forgiving and I wanted to forgive. I was like, I am, you know, 70 times seven. I need to forgive them <laughs> if they're sorry. Mm -hmm. Yet they're not showing any fruit. Mm -hmm. And then they, it's as if they give you a little bit of fruit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what you want, like almost like as if it's a carrot on a stick. Yeah, carrot on a stick. Or I was just thinking like, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, like it, mm -hmm. it just looks so good. You just have to have it. They mm -hmm. make it so, and they call that the cycle of abuse. So yes. it's the honeymoon stage. Everything's going wonderful. They kind of give you what you need. They give you a little, you like the carrot on the stick. Yeah. And then you go for it and you, in hopes that it'll, it'll be, and plus you're already married and you, you know, the word of God, it says, Hey, let no man separate what God has put together. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I would be a harlot if I ever left him I was like I can't be with more than one person that would make me a harlot mm -hmm. and I can't you know ever have an attraction to 
you know, another person because attractive, healthy and safe was attractive to me. So mm-hmm. he looked like the epitome of disgust to me. Like I didn't <laughs> want to look at him. He was, and then I, I like even wanted, you know, even to the point where I was like, the pornography was like, made it even more detestable. Like I was mm-hmm. just, you know, and that was my fault, by the way, the pornography was my fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. <laughs> Why was it your fault? I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, because, he, yeah, it was all your I fault. Wasn't yeah. giving myself over, mm-hmm. you know, to, to that the, debate in the manner that he wanted, which exactly. it was actually really twisted, right? Because exactly. everything that he was watching is what he wanted me to perform, right? And I was like, I felt like I was in a circus act. I'm like, I, I can never please this person, and they, and then he just wanted it more and 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 more, and more, and more. And to the point where I was just like, I'm tired, you know, I can't. Mm-hmm. I you were, you were the object. You became yeah. an object, and, and you that were was in, that was in competition as well. Like I yeah. was in complete competition I was like you not I can never person. satisfy this person that whatever you're watching you'll always satisfy you more and I could never reach your you know mm-hmm. and it was so grotesque it got to the point where it was like demonic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he like it, I mean it is demonic but it was like demons were just knew you knew that at that point you were being you were you were being used and abused and so a, a lot of the times you know, and that's sad because a lot of the times, um, you know, knowledge is power. And if we have uh, been indoctrinated to think that, you know, uh, we are to be uh, submissive to this type of behavior um, and there's no one to come in and say this is wrong because yeah. because you've been in the dark for so long and miseducated, then it's going to go on and on and on. People have to talk about these things. They have to expose it. And if you do not expose this, you're going to have someone that's in a relationship that's trapped and think that this is normal. So I want to talk about um, kind of how the Lord redeemed all of this from you because... Yes. How did he redeem you? What did he put in place to, after you're, you're in the sheepfold um, shelter, uh, which is an oh, amazing, man. we'll have to do, if we yes. could interview someone from the sheepfold one day, that would be an amazing um, topic. But um, what, what things did they help you with um, to regain um, an identity? Because you had pretty much, you and your children both had been stripped from every, from even, you were degraded. You were, you were stripped from an identity as a, as a human being altogether. And I know you, Lisa, as my sister, you never, ever hated your ex. You always even continue to pray for, and you, you've always thought, you know, I'm not, I don't want to walk in bitterness. I think that's one of the, once you've been set free, that's one of the things that we have to be careful when we're talking to people because we don't know their backgrounds. We don't know what they walk through. And when we look at someone, we think, Oh, they're freaky or they're too like they're overly overbearing or they have some, you know, personality things that I think are quirky to me. We have to be careful because we don't know their backstory. We have to give everybody a lot of grace. And so when we're, when we're talking with someone and they feel stuck, 
about the trial that they had gone through, something that they had gone through. And I know that that's not where we want to be. We don't want to live in that victim mentality, especially when we've been freed from something. But I do know that wounds take time to heal. And there's a lot of, um, you know, a healing that goes on. And that can even happen for the rest of your life where you need, where these thoughts start to come back or you start to get the same fears same anxieties, or even, um, you know, allow people to um, abuse you all over again mm-hmm. because you're used to, um, yeah. you know, being the enabler. So kind of walk me through how did you get set free and what makes you healthy today? Okay, so I'm just going to say this. Um, because of the time, boy, it does take time. I've heard this. I don't really know it's true or the statistics, but I heard it could take just as much just as much time to recover as much time as you've been in it. So if I was 30 years old when I fled, and it's been 12 years, and I I am, you know, I was so happy when I I was so free. I it was like freedom celebration. I actually celebrate every year. I call it my freedom celebration, mm-hmm. and uh, and there is it's important to get counsel. I, and I mean, there's so many different counseling out, counselors out there and counseling, but because now I'm a single mom, you know, I, I, I'm busy. I've got a lot of work to do. The kids got their schooling. There's just, there's just so much to do. It's really hard to find time to learn, to heal, to practice being who you want to be or who God is. That makes sense. Because now yeah. you're in a position where you've got to start life. It's almost like you just graduated yeah. from high school and now you got to figure yeah. out, i got to get a job. i got to go to college. So tell me, I mean, how, what are some of the things that you got to do to... Okay. Let's just say, let's just say that you, you need to tirelessly, and I know you tell me this sometimes, and I'm like in denial, I'm like, no, she's like, you got to do it, you're tired, I know you are, you just got to do it, find a church that you trust, find people that you trust, find the people that are healthy, and you need to be extremely careful on who that is, because a lot of times you don't know what that is, mm-hmm. so you don't find somebody <laughs> exactly. who is healthy in a church, and you can usually find these people when there's by the way they speak, by the way they're married, like when they're married and they're they're making it work. Or even just how accepting they are. You know, sometimes when you come from a background where you're so very wounded, you don't really feel accepted. You feel alone. You feel like you don't fit in. And you, you feel like, oh, I'm the single mom and I'm kind of the weirdo here. Like everyone's married or all the other single single people are have never been married. I come from a divorced, abusive background. Where do I fit in? So, like, how did God redeem that for you? What did he do in your life to just redeem and recover and restore a lot of what you went through? Because I'm amazed at what God's doing in your life. It really, I mean, with the individual, it's a battle of the mind. It really, it's it's a fight. Because you have to, I mean, in a sense, you got people surrounding you, like the, the sheepfold. You got people reaching out to you they got, they got programs you got to look look for the programs mm-hmm. um remember the the judge said you know i'm highly recommending this you don't have to and i was like i'm gonna do it he goes you need to go to a personal personal empowerment program it's called a pep class and i was like that's when i learned what a red flag was 
I was like, whoa, red flags. Okay, this is what I need to look out for um, for someone who's not healthy. And I like that. I like the whole personal. Somebody in the church might think personal empowerment. Wow. But if you think about the scriptures, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And if you're going in with that sound mind on learning how to, you know, have a more assertive personality, you have had a passive, passive yeah. personality, that uh-huh. could be very good for you. But how would you balance that out with, you know, um, like a support group where you are getting mm-hmm. spiritually fed? Did the, yeah. did the sheepfold provide oh, yeah, anything sure. like that? Well, yeah, absolutely. They did it every night. Every single night we had a devotional. And we were in the scriptures daily. And then I mean, they would, you know, highly encourage us to have a personal time of devotion as well and have a notebook. And that for, I'm I'm in, in counseling off and on here and there, and that they say that when you have a journal, it's really important because you're processing your thoughts. Your mind actually has to do that. When sometimes when you talk things out, um, or when you journal, when you and you just, yes, you're, you there's methods out there. Sometimes there's things that cost too, and you don't have. It's important to get on medical and look and get into the. Um, like if you get medical, then you can uh, get get the counseling through them. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what the counseling is called. What it's called, but it's, and you can also, even find Christian counselors. Um, sometimes right. if, if you're going through the um, you know the hospital system, uh, you could actually request um, your religion and get a counselor that is Christian. And like I said, the, you have to do your research. Sorry, yeah. You, like, yeah. And you do have to get a feel. If you get a counselor and it's like, this person's not working for me, don't right. feel like you have to remain married, yeah. married to that counselor. You can yeah. and kindly bow out. We're not here to put down churches or put down right. counselors. Uh, I hope people understand that. But what we're trying yeah. to do is educate people to to make take steps of faith to get out of toxic relationships that can yeah. possibly be dangerous to them, or we know it's dangerous. Um, talk about, like, what happened uh, to to your kids? How did the sheepfold help rebuild some of the trauma that they went through? Although they were babies, they still saw a lot and went through a lot. What, what were some of the things that they helped with the kids? So there was, and it wasn't just the sheepfold. I think another one was called Interval House. Mm-hmm. And Interval House, they with when I was going to the personal empowerment program, they had the kids in like play therapy, and they were the kids in the therapy would pretty much do the same thing. They would process through the they would process their emotions through art. So I thought it was very fascinating where um, they were. I mean, our old you know the oldest son that I have, he mm-hmm. um, he was using his hands a lot for hitting. And that's where his, and then, you know, he would color his, you know, hands red. And they said, red is what you use for anger. Are you angry? And they would show like an angry face. And, and I, and then they gave this like little reminder that you, you know, each finger is used for something and you can put whatever you want for each finger, but it was like, you put the word stop on it and you're, I'm teaching my four-year-old this stop. And then each finger is like, listen, take a deep breath, find a safe place, or some, some of those things. And they could be whatever you want, but it has to be your a method that you come up with so that the child can, instead of hitting, 
stop themselves oh, and find so out something alternative. Yeah. You're retraining the children yeah. to, um, you know, have healthier habits instead yeah. of the ones that yeah. they were in during yeah. that trauma. Um, so I know. And you're I'm a kid. witness to that because, um, you know, our, my oldest, oldest son was, uh, he was, he was very like used his hands a lot for hurting. And that's, you know, what my ex was actually training him to do. He was in training. He was like an abuser in training. Oh my gosh. And, then and he's the he, least abusive yeah. person actually. Right. I mean, now, he wouldn't hurt now, a fly. He's the sweetest guy you'll ever know. <laughs> yes. So he now, I mean, like starting at a young age, I was like, even at a, I was, that was my prayer, even at a young age, like, uh, and I, I just tried to help them as much as I could to help them to be good, godly, Mm -hmm. you know safe men of god you know mm -hmm. who are mm -hmm. respectable citizens you know who oh, they are treat so women right, right who treat mm -hmm. people right you know right yeah and you know what it's hard for a mother to uh train boys yeah. to do that it, it is possible and i think some of the mothers are the best role models in that because you are the woman you can teach them hey um, why don't you open the door for um a woman hey she wants to go first let her go first you're you're teaching them how to cherish um and there is a scripture in ecclesiastes that talks about how you know a man uh, a, a woman is actually a gift to him um in his fleeting days like that he he should cherish her and it's a it's a gift for him a woman is a gift to a man, and I think uh, teaching our boys, uh, uh, it does come by example, hopefully and prayfully, you know, if there's a husband and a wife in the picture, the man should, by example, treat the woman with so much respect and so much beauty that those uh, a daughter would know how a man is to treat a woman, and a, a son would see how a man is to... Um, understand and dwell with you know a woman and so that is very important um in the retraining process i wish you know um more families had this even in spite of abusive situations because i think as sinners we have the tendency of just being very selfish to one another and a lot of us are not trained you know uh, how to be with one another because a lot of us right. have come from dysfunctional homes um, yes. so i think um kind of talk about um, you know, did you educate, you know, have to re-educate yourself or get a job? Yeah. How did that? Well, I, okay. So I, I had to, books were important. Mm -hmm. Books and resources. Because, mm -hmm. And then whatever, however resources, whatever you do, whether it's on the internet and you're educating yourself about domestic violence or you're, and I was like, I I've always been kind of a bookaholic, so I would be like at thrift stores looking for anything on domestic violence, mm -hmm. and um, and then I would research the internet. I I would go on Amazon and I would try to find something, and I just developed this little library of how to you know overcome overcome these problems, and it, it was, you have to treat it like a devotional. Mm -hmm. You know, the word of God is important too, and I'd say that that's first and foremost because mm -hmm. the word of God is going to and you know permeate your life. And then you want to be Christ-like yourself. So mm -hmm. that, that's going to be first. And then mm -hmm. the books, uh, you know, whether they're, you know, some of them are not Christian, but, I'm, you know, the ones I was looking, was looking for were Christian books. Wow. That's and cool. yeah, there's one even called The Sheepfold. And, but mm -hmm. you, you want to know and understand it 
And so there's many different perspectives out there and there's so much help out there. Like there's YouTube videos and, you know, cause you can't, you can't always afford a counselor or they're not always available. Cause mm-hmm. they said, Oh, we only allow just, you know, one person that, you know, you know, you get on the list and you're like, well, I don't know when that's going to happen. Or, or you end up going to your, you know, your doctor and you're like, I'm not, you know, really in agreement with you, especially if you're Christian. <laughs> yeah. You're freaking Christianese. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know? So, so you're saying yeah. that you educated yourself on uh-huh. domestic violence, but did you have to, um, like, how did you um, reenter a society? Because okay, you never did. Yeah. <laughs> that was hard. I mean, that, that, I, I want to be able to explain the whole story on how I did that, but I, I don't think we have time, but I can just briefly say yeah. it was, kind of go over I'll just it. briefly go over it because okay. when I was, when I was in the sheep fold, they're like, you got to get a job. <laughs> and there was also, if you had, I don't know if anybody's heard of this, but it's called the DASU, the Domestic Abuse Services Unit through the CalWORKs or whatever that's called. And you mm-hmm. get this opportunity to kind of get your life straightened out you've got you've got to get you know your medical straightened out you've got a lot of court stuff you got to get straightened out you've got to get your kids in school you've got to get your counseling you just been through a lot of trauma you fled and now you have nothing you know and you're you got to figure out how you're going to come back into society and work some people never even entered society the correct way to begin with because a lot of people marry very young and they don't know what and they never had a job yeah Yeah. no skills and they even have to retrain their kids on discipline because there was no discipline in the house we or it was all the wrong discipline so um Uh re-entering the workforce must have been terrifying i it was it was awful really actually i mean there's so much i had to do and back when we didn't have phones and i didn't even have a phone i think cell phones were kind of in right at the point and then we're just getting every year it's just getting every month really (laughs) i mean um I, there's a lot of things I didn't weren't aware of too when I was, you know, married. And then I was like, oh, I can get a cell phone. But um, when I when I came to the sheepfold, it was you got to get a job. And then at the same time, um, my younger son was needed surgery, so we kind of thank you for the death you <laughs> because mm-hmm. we had to, we figured out that he needed his uh, problems were life threatening, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So those were there's some good things. But then I was like, I want to go to school. I just think I just want to go to school. And lo and behold, the DASU allowed you to go to school. Wow. And you were still able to get, you know, the cachet and that sort of thing and the food stamps. And a lot of people are like, oh, and I wasn't taking advantage of the system. I yeah. was, as long as I've worked before and I've always paid my taxes, there's, you know, and I still mm-hmm. do. And I'm just eager to get to work. Oh, I think God. I about those I things. Thank God. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then... I was like, so I was able to start to go to school because, you know, we want to be able to have an education so we can work to getting better pay and being able to afford to live in the society we are. So good citizens, right? (laughs) Yeah, whatever it is, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. a trade or something, you know. So you're saying that you went to school, you put yourself through school, being a single mom in a shelter, and you also worked at the same time? Wow, that is against all odds. I mean, this is seriously a God story because every all odds were against you. You couldn't really get out of this. And yet God opened up every door each time. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't, 
you each no, time you had to take a step of faith and yes. yeah. another part of your story is once you graduated from the sheepfold which is probably one of the most monumental times in your life mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. as graduating from you know college which was another you know yes. monumental mm -hmm. time um you just barely uh praise report graduated mm -hmm. from a uh, one bedroom that you were renting in a mm -hmm. very uh well off you know uh I, I, I'm not going to say well off, but the area you no. live is, is not easy to um, afford, but um, God graduated you to, oh, right. to mm -hmm. your own place, and mm -hmm. you are, you know, just praising the Lord uh, after, you know, going through each of these steps in life mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. such an amazing way that you're turning around and you are using your story um, as sad as it is, bittersweet, um, I should say, because you have two uh, uh, awesome uh, children out of this, uh, that that you're using your story to encourage others that all things are possible with God. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. another thing is, is that, you know, you have, uh, you know, you have trained your boys to see that, you know, they don't have to be a victim of their circumstances. And yes. that God is always with them through every step of the way. And that, you know, um, it's not, you know, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Is well, that, they're witnessing that as well. So they're, they're seeing it. And like, it's so funny. Like I was going through Google photos and I found a video and it was a Christmas video and they're opening up a present and they saw how their little voices were before. Now their voices are changing of teenage voices and, and it's, they get to see the story like through pictures or or even just me telling them uh, mm -hmm. on how how it all came about but this particular time when they're teenagers they see how rough it is mm -hmm. and because of what got and God allowed this time of me struggling looking for a place to live mm -hmm. and for it to be just so last minute mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to just shine in a very you know, umpteenth hour, they say at the 11th hour, God, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. so, you know, so, so he, they got to see me struggle and strive and make those phone calls and, you know, ask for prayer. I asked so many people for prayer. And then that was the main thing. I was holding on to the Lord and I told them what could happen. You know how the word of God says, I've learned to be content no matter what the circumstance Mm -hmm. I was prepared to go back to another shelter. I was prepared to live in another motel. I was prepared to possibly live in the car, in my car and, and other people were looking and, but it's like God opened up the floodgates. Like you would not believe when mm -hmm. every door kept closing, mm -hmm. every door, everywhere I would look, something was wrong and the, and I wouldn't be accepted. The door would close. And mm -hmm. then the and then the door just flung open. But the door the door that flung open was your prayer request to a T. Yes. <laughs> to a T. Yes. Yeah. And, and the beautiful yeah. thing about this whole thing is is that you know your church uh, came alongside of you yeah. afterwards, oh my and goodness. they you know they uh, help they threw you a party for um, you to get all of the uh, necessities that you needed. For that you was my work kids. actually. I oh, it was your okay. party. Uh, and my party. my church is put together just like there. We already have like a like a 
app, like a group app, and mm-hmm. all of them just, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And mm-hmm. it was like, oh my goodness, God, through what your people. This is, see, what, and this is what? a blessing is because, yeah. you know, like you said in the beginning, you do need to find um, a, a, a community yeah. of, of, yeah. of believers uh, where you know that you, they feel like you feel these are my family, especially when you don't have a family, you come from a background or a broken family where, you know, um, you know, there's not a whole lot, you're rebuilding your life all over again. And so you, you finally have your family in Christ and they are coming together. They're surrounding you. And are there, are there mentors in your boys' lives right now that you feel, um, and did you pray for that? How did that happen? Mm-hmm. How did you know? No. <laughs> I, I pray, oh my goodness. I've been praying for years for that, and I've been reaching out for years. Mm-hmm. And there's mentors that came and, came and went, and they just came, mm-hmm. and then they just, they just get busy. And mm-hmm. then there's people in our lives who are connected as family, like mm-hmm. the boys call them their aunt my aunt mm-hmm. and my uncle <laughs> mm-hmm. and those and it's it's their family but they're kind of like you they're kind of far distant or mm-hmm. busy right but the church is something that you can not only of course go to when when they are available for like hey weekly weekly like, yeah. yeah weekly twice mm-hmm. a week right we got mm-hmm. the fellowship group going mm-hmm. we've got the uh sunday service going but then mm-hmm. on top of that we have you know Council. We have council mm-hmm. if you need. We mm-hmm. also have other activities and things going coming coming alongside you for that specific age group with mm-hmm. mentors within that age group who come alongside and, and then they do follow up phone calls. They see if there's a need. Mm-hmm. They they just want to know it's genuine how they can mm-hmm. like even today the, the sermon that we had today was like all about go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. And we're and these children need to be brought up in the training and admonition of the lord and then we need to to re- rightly represent christ mm-hmm. and then to do it with male role models not just me but with the church so they can see what a good marriage looks like right what a healthy right. person looks like what you know and they they get to experience it not just hear yeah. me tell them this is how you should be they care mm-hmm. from other people and it's also my this is what i like I have a team of people. I'm not secluded, mm-hmm. you know, and held captive. Mm-hmm. No, literally held captive in a home or in a little small place or whatever saying, no, you can't talk to these people. I actually have an army or a support system of people mm-hmm. who agree with me and say, yes, this is what, what you should do or how you should discipline. And that's another, the whole new story on that. Mm-hmm. I have, I have to learn. I have learned and am still learning how to raise my kids in mm-hmm. a healthy way so that when they have marriages they know how to raise their kids in a healthy right. way see and i like that you said that because honestly you know when our kids get to the age of accountability they're responsible for how they um take the torch or whatever the baton of faith that you've given them they can do whatever they want with it once they uh-huh. uh, depart from your home and i feel as though if you gave them faithfully gave them that foundation to the best of your ability in Christ alone, um, you know, by faith, and you surrounded them with what <clears throat> what was healthy to the best of your ability. I mean, churches aren't perfect, but when you find a church where you feel that this is my family, 
it's a healthy church where yes i have problems they have problems but we can work through those problems like every other family would that is healthy it's not dysfunctional um and you've prayed fervently for the right people in your life and for you to be in you know a contributor to that society as well or i mean community i should say you you are in good hands because when your kids do leave the nest and let's say they do start to um you know go their own way you know maybe they decide you know what this this whole god thing is that was my mom's thing i'm going to try um, and do things my own way. We call those prodigals. When they do that, um, they get a chance to kind of go build their own testimony. And we have to unfortunately watch the crash and burn. But what happens is they at least see the, the, the contrast between what the world and the devil offers them as opposed to what the, what God has done to redeem our lives from where we even came from. They don't, they, the kids will never know what, you know, we've been delivered from until they go through their own, you know, their own testimony. And even if they're Christians, they're still going to have a testimony. Even if they were brought up as Christians, even if they take the torch, they're not going to have a perfect life. They're going to need to know, I need to find community. I need to be um, amongst believers and worship and, and walk with God through this very, uh, very scary world <laughs> and a lot of kids do it in different ways some kids tear off and it's an ugly uh parting but then some kids are afraid and they don't want to leave everybody's different but overall our job as parents whether we're single whether we're married um whether we've been walking with the lord for you know 20 years or just five years our job as parents is to give them um the gospel that foundation that jesus is your your whole life could fall apart. I mean, you're you can have, you know, everything taken from you, uh, like a job situation. But one thing that will always stand is the rock, and that's Jesus. And if we build our lives upon the rock, everything else, you know, is sinking sand. But when it comes to the things, the blessings that God has given to us. Um, that all comes from Jesus, and that's why we're thankful. Um, and we have to put our trust in the Lord and Him alone. And when we teach our kids that, it went, if their lives kind of fall apart for whatever reason, they could at least know, I can run to Jesus. He will always be there. His grace is sufficient. And I think if they've come out of a very dark, dark time, they're automatically going to be thankful. Lisa, I want to thank you so much. And this is my sister whom I admire. And I actually um, just trip out on what God's done through her life. And I know that she's being used mightily in so many different ways. And she doesn't take any credit for that. She actually gives it all to the Lord. Amen. And her life is not perfect. It's actually been quite a struggle, but it's been um uh, amazingly blessed and restored in so many different ways and there's still so much more of your story that's being told and i hope one day you would even be able to write a book or you know reach out in other ways however god uses mm -hmm. you to share with other people but anyway yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to be vulnerable and share your story and some of the um success that uh, your success story and um, some of the programs that, um, that that you shared. And I hope there's someone out there that can use this. Do you want to go ahead and close in prayer 
um, and maybe lift up somebody out there that may be going through uh-huh. something. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Heavenly Father, so much for Jeanette and Ezekiel, just for this podcast and, and our families. Um, just want to give you thanks. Thanks for using all these methods to be able to reach others. And this is just perfect timing, Lord. And um, <clears throat> I just want to pray for uh, more of these opportunities to go forward and to be able to speak the truth and be open and that you will use me and uh, more ways to bless you, bless the church, bless others, as well as uh, Jeanette and, and this program and anybody else who gets on this program. I just pray for anybody who may have experienced or is experiencing domestic violence and who needs resources and help. I pray that this will be just an eye opener or even just in and of itself a resource to, to, you know, get continue to look further and how they can get help and reach out. I wish there's things that I could do, Lord, but I know that, um, Lord, you are God and you know their hearts and you can hear them and understand and what they're going through now and you can help them when they call out to you and when they're ready to make that that move i pray that you would open up doors for them help to get them free and help them to be safe and healthy and strong and that same for their children and them to ultimately call upon your name if they don't know you i pray they would seek your face and home themselves and see uh, how that how you had died for them and how you will continue to um, work in their lives so that they can one day you know be there with you in heaven as you have prepared for all of us every every single one of us you have um, died for and we just want to continue to do your work and to continue to just uh, be your servants and we're here for you Lord and we thank you what you've done. And may we also be who you want us to be <laughs> continually in Jesus name. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Oh My Geekers podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a friendly review and be sure to join us next week for another episode of Oh My Geekers. <laughs>